From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, and of course, these are the Upgrady Awards for 2019. Today's show is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile, Linode, Kensington, and Ethos. We'll be talking about our sponsors of this fine, prestigious awards event as we go through the proceedings of the evening. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by my co-chair in the Upgrady's Award Committee, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Does that mean we have to like share a single chair? Is one that chair. How that works? One very we big chair. Gotta... It's like a love seat. Okay, that's good. That's good. It's the sixth, Mike, sixth annual upgrades. How I'm about that? You said that because I can't. Uh, very quickly before we begin, thank you to everybody for the kind words about our last episode. I'm really pleased uh-huh. that people enjoyed the holiday special as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Both me and Jason worked very hard on that one, I think, and and I'm really pleased that people liked it because you're never sure how people are going to react, right? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know because it's like it starts out and it's kind of real, but it then it becomes ludicrous as mm-hmm. it goes, and uh, that that's great. I, I also my uh, condolences to the the people who thought, oh, I, I much prefer this format. I'm glad that upgrade is now just going to be serial every week because it's not. Uh, but thank you. Who knows? Maybe, it. maybe in the future we'll see. No. <laughs> I definitely know it's not going to be the case. But who knows? Maybe there'll be another one. We'll see. But these are the Upgrady Awards. And let me explain to you some of the proceedings that we have going on today. This is our sixth year in a row uh-huh. that we are doing the Upgradies, well done. Uh, which is a wonderful thing to think about. And I'm very excited that we're here today because I enjoy the Upgradies immensely. If you want to see both the information about all of the previous winners and runner-ups in every category and links to the winners and runner-ups of this year's Upgradies, go to Upgradies.com. There'll be a link in the show notes for that. We'll not be putting anything else in the show notes to avoid uh, category spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, yes. Yes. You wouldn't want to spoil your own podcast. That no, would be come on. terrible. It'd be wild. Uh, We will just at this point mention that there are two uh, award winners that are in the Hall of Fame, both the Accidental Tech Podcast as the favorite tech podcast and the Flophouse as the favorite non-tech podcast. When an uh, individual or company or podcast wins three total upgradies, they are put into the Hall of Fame so they can no longer win in that category. This is to stop certain shows or items winning every single year forever. Um, And to help us with that, we now have been for the last few years opening up the Upgrady Awards to you, the Upgradians, so we can have uh, more variety in our voting. Uh, This was to stop, for example, there were certain categories that either me or Jason couldn't pick a different winner in, we just keep picking the same thing all the time, or couldn't come up with any nominations for. And there'll be some of those throughout the night where both me or Jason cannot think of something that we particularly would want to award because of reasons that we'll get to. Um, uh-huh. This is the third time that we've been taking nominations from the Upgradians. And Jason, over 1,500 Upgradians responded this year, which is more than double last year, which is incredible. So thank you to everybody that put their nominations in. Uh, I worked on this for many hours over the holiday break to bring together all of those nominations um, into some charts, and then we could bring out some percentages. So as we go through, we'll be doing a few things in every category. So for each category, both me and Jason make a nomination, and we look at the top three winners 
as denoted from the Upgradians' votes. We then use all of this information to discuss and choose a winner together. Um, you get to hear the discussions that are usually kind of held behind closed doors of award ceremony panels. And just like if you listen to this show live and you see voting in the chat room where we vote for the titles of every episode, this is not a democracy around here. Uh, we choose the winner based on what we think is right, as opposed to necessarily what received the most votes. So I guess without further ado, Jason, should we get into our very first category of the evening? Uh, I think so. I, I did want to mention the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm. You you went past that and dangled out there that if you get uh, an upgrade three times, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. So we can stop picking you. Mm-hmm. There are a few. There are a few selections that could potentially be made this time that yes. would put things in the Hall of Fame. So yep. it's very exciting because we don't know what's going to happen. We, we don't. Do, we have our choices, but we have to all we have to work it all out here. That's that's happening live on the podcast. But uh, it's possible we could have some Hall of Fame inductees today, which is exciting too. Um, although I, I, I do feel like it's basically a punishment for us for stop stop picking that. Mm-hmm. We know you like it. Stop picking it. Which so, I think is good. Um, yeah. The Hall of Fame, by the way, if you want to find it, uh, if you go to the Upgradies Hall of Fame and you select to view by year at Upgradies.com, there is a Lifetime Achievement which is uh, put at the top there. The reason it says Lifetime Achievement is because we very frequently flip between both phrases, both Lifetime Achievement and Hall of Fame. So there you go. Uh, maybe we could change it to Hall of Fame, but it doesn't right. matter. And if okay. you want to visit the physical Hall of Fame, it doesn't exist. Exactly. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. So it's a Stephen Hackett's house, maybe. Lifetime Achievement is actually the better phrase and is the phrase that we will now use from here on out in the episode. Lifetime Achievement Award winners, which are ATP mm-hmm. and the Flophouse. Okay, okay, so the very first category today is for the best iOS app. So, Jason, would you like to hear what the Upgradians uh, entered as the best iOS apps of the year? I would. At 4.6% of the overall vote is Things. I guess Things 3, which is the current version of the GTD-focused application, 4.6% uh-huh. of the vote. At 9.6% of the vote is Apollo, the Reddit client for iOS, and at a huge 27.4%, I believe this is the single largest percentage of any award winner of the Upgradies, like voted for by the Upgradians this year. Yes, I've just checked. Yeah, so 27.4% is Overcast, the podcast application that many people are probably listening to this episode in. And that is why one of the reasons why I think Overcast is so heavily uh, picked by Listens to so what show. you're saying is that podcast listeners like podcast apps. Correct. That is that is huh. what I think. So that is 27.4% for Overcast. And I will note, so you were saying about Lifetime Achievement Award winners, if Overcast is to win this yes. category today, it will become a Lifetime Achievement Award winner as mm-hmm. it won in both 2014 and 2013 last year. and last year sorry in 2018 my apologies 2018 and 2014 so that would put uh, Marco Ahmed's Overcast as a Lifetime Achievement Award winner but we have many things to discuss before then including your pick Jason for the best iOS app of the year yeah this I always struggle with this because there are um, you know there's so many iOS apps it's a very and- wide category and I use a bunch of them, but they're very personal. And I try to th- I try to think more broadly. And I also try to not pick Overcast because I also use it all all the time to listen to podcasts. And it had some really nice upgrades this year. 
that um, that made it way better, that were really innovative. The clip sharing feature that Marco introduced this year uh, has gotten people to share podcast audio way more than they used to, which is great for podcasts in general. Other apps have picked up the concept. Um, so there's a lot to be said for it. But I, I kept saying to myself, no, 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 no. Don't pick Overcast. Come on. You got to something. You got to find something else. So um, in the course of writing my book about photos, which is available now, I guess, uh, take control of uh, photos, the uh, app, the iOS app that I kept coming back to, uh, that it, it works, it, it's exactly what I want on my iPad when I'm doing photo stuff, because although photos for iOS is, uh, is good and getting better, there are things that it is unable to do that are just perplexing. Um, and also there's this frustration about using third-party apps, uh, for photos on iOS where, um, you end up in the past, what it's been is you sort of end up with duplicates of everything. So you can, you can export a photo and then edit it somewhere else to get around the fact that it doesn't have good editing tools or it doesn't have some editing tools that you want. Uh, but then you put it back in photos and it's just like a new photo at the end of the library, nowhere near the other stuff and a duplicate. Well, Apple did some changes, changes to iOS to make it capable for third-party apps to write, to overwrite photos in the photo library. So that's good. And, um, and one app uh, that I discovered does that and has a really good, really easy to use uh, touch-up tool where basically if you, uh, if you have a blemish on a person or like you're, there's a beautiful background and there's some random person walking across it. Um, you literally open this app up and, uh, move your finger over that, that thing you want to remove and it's gone. Plus there's like machine learning driven auto adjust and, and so many other things. So, um, my nomination is going to be Pixelmator photo for iPad yep. as best iOS app. Um, because it lets me make my photos way better <laughs> in my photo library on my iPad. And uh, that the, the, when, I, when I started using it, I just could not believe. It was one of those things where I'm looking around like, do people know about this? And I looked and it's like, some people knew about it. A lot of people didn't know about it. It's really amazing and, uh, and does some stuff that the Photos app just doesn't do, but then saves the photos back in to the photo library. Really good app. So Pixelmator Photo is my nomination. I like that pick. It's a little bit out of left field, right? Um, yep. Because it, I don't think it's something that everybody would use a lot, or even the people that do own it probably don't use it a ton. But I have saved photos using this application. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, but photos that I really like but would otherwise be ruined by something. And I have done some wild things with the machine. Like, the machine learning to remove things in an image are so, so good uh, like it is like very very shocking at how well it does, and it's very good with the Apple Pencil, like to to draw over an element of the image and watch it be deleted. It's very very cool. Uh, it's a it's a great pick, Jason. Yeah, it's the 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 one that I that blew me away was I had a picture of my wife and my daughter from our trip to Hawaii this summer, mm-hmm. and they're in front of a waterfall at this little little pond, and there's like you know three or four random people at various points in the pond. Mm-hmm. And I, in, you know, a minute with my finger turned that into, um, them and just them 
at a secluded pond with a, and it's like, that is so cool. And, and I didn't, I mean, really, it was just like tracing over the people who I wanted to remove and then they're gone. So it's, it's pretty remarkable. And yes, you can salvage photos that would otherwise be unusable. It's pretty amazing. So why these features aren't in photos is a question for another time, but I'm so glad that Pixelmator photo exists. My favorite iOS app of this year should be of no surprise to people who follow my work in various places online. It is the time tracking app called Timery. Um, so this is an iOS app for both iPad and uh, well, iPad OS, I guess, and iOS. We're keeping that, by the way. iPad OS and iOS all still contained in this one category uh, because they just I don't think unnecessarily don't, mm. enough distinct applications. Right. Um, but Timery is an application that works with the time tracking software or the time tracking service, I should say, Toggle. Um, it's been in development. It was in development for quite a while and it came out earlier this year. Um, it has just a very great design and it's very iOS-y. Um, it supports, you know, all the things that you would want your third-party app to support. Like, you know, when I say third-party, like that community of like good third-party apps. So it has lots of themes and dark and like a great dark mode support and app icon choices and all that kind of stuff. The widget is fantastic. It's This is how I mostly interact with timeries by the widget. You can set up a bunch of um, saved timers, you know? So like, for example, I have like, recording, upgrade, editing, upgrade. Those are like saved in my timery widget. So I can just hit those with a button and it starts straight away. And the widget itself has a counter for your current timer. So you can see that ticking away. Um, The application also has fantastic uh, shortcut support. So all of my shortcuts that I have that that integrate with time tracking in some way. So when I'm working on anything, I have to keep my time tracked so I can have like accurate representations of what I'm doing. It's important to me with the way that I work. But I replaced all of my uh, shortcuts that integrate with time tracking anyway with shortcuts created by Timery. Um, And I've been able to build some that are more powerful than I was able to before using shortcuts and its support because it's so so well done. And it's been an application in really great consistent development throughout the entire year. The developer, Joe, uh, does a wonderful job of integrating uh, feedback from users and advancing the application in a bunch of ways. Um, It's a subscription app. It's very well priced and is is an application that I use all day every day when i am working timery is running it's absolutely fantastic and i love it like right now right right now i've got the, my uh podcast recording upgrade timer has been running for 25 minutes and three seconds because that's how long we've been on the call today so now do you know um do you have it on the do you do stuff on the mac with with uh, toggle too and use something different there or are you using ios for all your control of toggle on the mac i have the toggle app which is terrible um but most of the time i will be firing off my timer on my iphone uh using a shortcut that i built uh which Mm -hmm. it's i'm pretty proud of the shortcut it looks at my calendar and grabs the name of the show i'm recording and adds that in as a tag in uh timery with the timery shortcuts and puts my phone on do not disturb so uh, so it's still, I'm still using Timery, but via shortcuts, as well as just the Timery app itself, because that's the kind of power that this app has. It has the, um, what are the new pr- shortcuts thing? Conversational shortcuts, is that it? Where you can you can add in loads of information into a shortcut with variables and stuff. It supports all uh-huh. of that. Uh, it's really just, just fantastic. I love this app. So we stand at an impasse, I guess. <laughs> Got anything similar. So I will say on Overcast, um, I was thinking about like 
Overcast being the Upgradians winner this year, and, and I was thinking to, about the application myself. Of course, I, it is my app of choice when it comes to podcasts. One of the things that I thought about, which really kind of solidifies Overcast having a good year, like a very good year this year, is the clip sharing feature, which you mentioned earlier. Like that was a very, very clever feature implemented very well that I've now seen uh, used in a bunch of other podcast apps, which is like, you know, that's one of the key things to show that you had a good feature is it starts to become a standard that you expect. And what I would say is for that, like it was they were everywhere when the app, when this the feature debuted in the application and whilst the i would say the current amount of times the current usage i see of this feature sort of sharing little clips in videos it isn't as much as i would love it to be still being used but it's way more than i thought would still be used does that make sense like i'm still mm-hmm. seeing them all the time i wished i saw them even more but i'm still seeing them all the time um so i will throw my hat in the ring for overcast because I, I do think that that feature this year is very deserving of accolade. Well, if we pick Overcast here too, we have the advantage of putting it in the lifetime achievement yep. <laughs> category, which would make Marco Arment the first ever two-time life achie- lifetime achievement award winner, which is also just an interesting thing because mm-hmm. he is part of the Accidental Tech Podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh boy! Now we get the best part of the podcast where we have to decide things. Um, we got unfortunately the, this is our last category, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think uh, I I think it would be fine given the that clip sharing feature and how important it is. I think to making podcasts more shareable, and I yep. use it all the time, and I see people using it, and and uh, it's a it's a real innovation that was that was that benefited what we do and that we use ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it lets us never pick overcast in this category again. Let's do it. Yeah. I think it's good for, if we have something that keeps coming up consistently to put it, to give to award it, right? Like people love it. We love it. But now it opens the gate a bit more for other apps in the future to win this category. So the 2019 upgrade award winner for best iOS app is Overcast, congratulations to Marco for a second lifetime achievement win. I guess Marco has to keep working on more and more new things now to get into other categories, maybe the Mac app. And Overcast um, will now be placed at the Hall of Fame in that might be in Stephen Hackett's house, might mm-hmm. be inside Stephen Hackett's Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. And, Mike, I, I feel like for next year, something to aspire to is when we decide the winner, um, I think we need like a gong or something. <laughs> Can you work on that? Can you get a gong? Like, you know, and okay. the winner is Brong Overcast, right? I mean, like, I can not only, I mean, I can get a real gong if you want to. I can also add gongs in post. Okay. Do you want a gong in post? I'll I'll leave it to your discretion. I mean, if you do, we could just do it again. Say it again now, and then there'll be a gong. Because if I put the gong in before, it won't make any sense, right? Well, no, I mean, this is all great stuff. So why don't we just, why don't we just say... Uh, I'm going to say it now. Yeah, and then I'll put the gong in. And we'll see if there's a gong there. Mm -hmm. And the winner for best iOS app, Overcast. Ooh. It's good, right? Yeah. Thank you. That's what I want. It's it's just, it's very, it feels very formal to have a gong. Uh, You know, you know, I like as much pomp and circumstance as possible. I know. In these, in these episodes. So, so congratulations to Overcast. All right, let's talk about the best newcomer 
iOS app. So the best uh-huh. new iOS app of the year. The Upgradians with 5.9% voted for Flighty, which is the flight tracking application. 6.2%, yep. my love, Timery. And 7%, Disney+. Plus. Huh. What have you got for the best newcomer iOS app of the year? Uh, Disney Plus was a surprise to me. Yeah. Because it's not... My understanding is it's not a great app, but people are a fan of the service, I guess. Yeah, and it, it runs on iOS. And I am going to... I feel like I'm just pulling up in my car and firing off an air horn here just <laughs> to bother everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I do that sometimes when I nominate things for the upgradees. I like to, I like to occasionally be provocative. Um, and we waited for it and we waited for it and we waited for it. A new iOS app for a year, for more than a year, we waited for it. And then it arrived and you know, it's pretty good. It's got a lot of work to do, but it's actually, it's actually pretty good. And it's nice that it's here. It's Photoshop. It's Adobe Photoshop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm saying it. I, I made a dumb, uh, Photoshopped image on my iPad sitting on my couch uh, with layers and stuff, and it all it all worked. Um, and I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that Adobe's building it, and I think it's a big deal that they have embraced the iPad as a real platform for uh, for their users instead of making these weird toy apps, phone apps that they were making before. Uh, so yeah, there there it is. It's Photoshop. It's uh full full Photoshop, not actually full. I don't really know what to say about this because like. The application itself, I get it, right? I get your point, right? Like it, it exists now and is kind of good, but it has been mild in controversy controversy of not being good enough, right? Like that's the interesting thing about this application. Mm-hmm. But this isn't, we're not but calling not, it the best. It's new. It's all new. App. It's new, isn't it? It's the best new mm-hmm. I I have a couple of apps here that I am thinking about. Um, so of course I will put Timery in again, right? I thought Timery was the best iOS sure. app of the year and it was new this year. So that's definitely in there. But I also wanted to throw in for contention an application that I really enjoy called Tripsy, which is uh, like a trip itinerary application. Um, it's, it's very iOS-y. It's, very, it's like built of iOS 13. It looks beautiful and has that kind of design to it. And it's a very nice application to help you plan out trips that you're going on. You can you can also forward uh, itinerary information to it. So like hotels and, and flights, you can forward them by email and it will put them into the itineraries that you set up in the app. So for every trip that you do, you can have its own little section and you can add in documents and PDFs and stuff of um, maybe receipts that you've got boarding cards you can add it also has like an inbuilt directory of places and events so you can say like oh i want to go to this place when i go to this uh country or whatever so it's a very nice little application and i like it a lot um but it doesn't beat timery for me as my favorite newcomer ios app of the year so that's where i am uh, i have no opinion on disney plus because i can't use it which makes right. me very hesitant to want to award it mm-hmm even though it was the Upgradian's pick. Um, I really want to pull for Timery on this one, Jason. I was going to say, I have no opinion about Timery because I don't track my time. but mm-hmm. and, or, or perhaps because I live outside of your concept of space and time. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, suffice to say, it was second place in the Upgradian's vote, and it was your choice, and it sounds great, and it's new, and I love it. So that's enough for me. Hooray! Please. I've done my job in nominating photoshop (laughs) so i will run through these the 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 runners up for the best newcomer ios app are disney plus and photoshop with the winner 
of the best newcomer iOS app of 2019 being Timery. So I'm very pleased about that one. I did realize, you know, I was looking at the, the upgrades. This is obviously one of the categories you could never be. There can never be a lifetime achievement exactly. award winner in, uh, which is kind of fun. So we now move into the uh, category that spawned the entire creation of having the Upgradians assist us in voting. That is the best Mac app, because there mm. was a year when neither of us could think of one, uh, or the yes. best newcomer, <laughs> both the best Mac app and best newcomer Mac app. We needed the help from our Upgradians. So mm. the Upgradians voted thusly for the best Mac app currently available. OmniFocus, 4% of the vote. 4.1% of the vote is one password, and 4.8% of the vote is things very close there were lots and lots this is one of the, the categories that had the most uh like individual nominations which is not surprising because there are lots and lots of mac apps available um i sure. will say at this point jason i have no real feeling of picking a winner in this category i don't really have a nomination of my own uh this year i don't really feel any great <laughs> affinity for any application oh, itself wow. um and so i i want to to go to you on this one uh, what is your favorite mac app this year so i decided uh, again to not nominate the same old things like my own little hall of fame right my own little lifetime achievement awards where like you know I'm not going to pick Logic or Final Cut or BBS. This was or... my thing. All of the apps that I was coming to, I've picked too much, like Logic yeah. or Audio Hijack. Like it's, I, exactly. I just feel like I'm I'm playing the hits, you know. Exactly. Which uh, there's nothing wrong with having a strong uh, songbook, but want to do something new. Mm-hmm. So this year, so I I do when I do incomparable T-shirts and some of the artwork. Um, I occasionally need to use. Uh, Adobe Illustrator because I have outlines that you know they're vector files with art the the show art and the show logos and I don't do it that much and I'm not creating my own art I'm really using it to kind of like remove layers and move things around and export files in certain certain sizes and certain formats and uh, Catalina came out this year and I have I don't use Illustrator enough for to pay, you know, a, a large amount of money to Adobe in order to use it twice a year. Right, because your version was the non-creative cloud version. So right? so I had CS5 yeah. which was which I got like a very long time ago and just le- kept laying around because I only ever needed it once or twice a year for Illustrator. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I do pay for Creative Cloud but uh, just for Photoshop. And Illustrator just doesn't make sense to 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 pay for it. And this year, Catalina comes out, and I think, oh no, it's not going to work anymore. Illustrator CS5, not going to work anymore. I tried to put it in a virtual machine. It's like, oh, it sort of doesn't want to open files, and it's really slow, and it's really weird, and I'm running a whole virtual machine just to run this. And my friend, Anthony Johnston, who is an Illustrator user from way back this year, was telling me how he has now switched to the uh, affinity apps from serif and that uh if i really wanted to uh do this right i would just go and buy affinity designer which is a you know it's like a one-time purchase for i want to say fifty dollars yeah yeah that seems about right and then i will have that 
for yeah, it's for fifty dollars, and it might have been on sale when I bought it. But um, then I'll have a uh, native modern app that does everything that Illustrator did uh, that I needed to do, and then I can keep that because that is not a subscription, and that app is going to presumably work for quite a while, t- uh, and and fifty dollars once as opposed to spending you know hundred or more two hundred dollars a year for a thing I only need twice, and it's great. And those affinity apps are all really good, and it it really does. I, Adobe, I want to say it puts Adobe to shame. That's not quite right because Adobe's business is very different. And Adobe's, it's, it's a little like Microsoft, right? Where Microsoft has the burden of having so many customers that the decisions they make are kind of ponderous and careful because they have to be. Whereas Affinity is is actually a little like Apple was back in the day, whereas they're the upstart and they can just make their decisions uh, to do it. But uh, regardless, Affinity Designer really impressed me this year, which is why I'm going to nominate it because it took me out of an app that I've been using occasionally for a very long time. uh, And that's on a subscription model now where I, it's not relevant for me anymore. And this is a great replacement for it. So I was super impressed with Affinity Designer and Affinity stuff in general from Serif. I am 100% on board of giving that the win. Okay, let's uh, well, let's okay, do so it. Here's the thing: <laughs> things one password on OmniFocus. Well, OmniFocus three was new in either very, very, very late 2018 or very, very, very early 2019. So I could see an argument for OmniFocus three, even though I don't use it because I think again, it's four. I things exist outside of three. Oh no, you're right. Sorry, don't uh, OmniFocus three and things three. There, and like, but here's my, here's my thing on this, uh-huh. Jason. Those applications they come up all the time. Right, things and yeah. OmniFocus. Yeah. And OmniFocus actually three was in twenty eighteen and they did some updates this year. But yeah. yeah. They they come up constantly, right? Yes. Like, I will admit, obviously, neither OmniFocus or Things have won. Um but the reason that I feel this way is I think that Affinity are a very cool, new, exciting company who also do like a great job of making really powerful iPad software as well, like that complement these applications. And they have a whole suite of products. And I think it's very, I think that they are a core company that I think I would like to give an award to. That's my thinking. Okay. I love OmniFocus. I love things. Those applications are really well made, but they've been around for a while. And there's just something about it to me where like Affinity Designer is a cool application that's building on like a trend that exists now. Um, and I think it would be really great to give them the win. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Affinity Designer wins the best Mac app uh, in 2019 with things being the runner up there. We should get the one runner up because I didn't have a pick. So we'll now move into another applica- another application category that I'm afraid, Jason, I have even less uh, picks for, which is the best newcomer Mac app. Now, I was interested this year to wonder if we were going to see any Catalyst apps mm-hmm. in this category. We will see. The Upgradians voted for Affinity Publisher at 5.9% of the vote. Is that what is Affinity Publisher? That's for? basically InDesign or okay. Quark Express. It's a page layout right app, and that was in their new. Eight point three percent is for Net Newswire, which is an application that I believe is not available pu- public. It's a beta, right? The Net no, no, it's final. It's, it's final? for Mac. Okay. It's final. The beta is for uh, iOS. iOS. Okay. Net Newswire eight point three percent of the vote, and Drafts at sixteen point two percent 
of the Vault, which is a classic iOS app new for the Mac this year, which, uh, funnily enough, I will just state, which is a kind of a peculiar thing for what I just mentioned a moment ago, Drafts 5 won the best newcomer Mac app upgrading in 2018 because it was in beta. Ah, uh, yes. So it is technically still eligible because it is now an available mm. application but would be super mm, weird for it to no. win this category. You Again. can't win the new- newcomer award twice. You can't do it. That is where we are, but let's talk about your uh, I I struggled because uh, there aren't a lot of new Mac apps. That's part of the problem. In a year when there should have been lots would be the part, thinking. Part of the problem the Catalyst was supposed to solve. I do have a couple of Catalyst apps that I'd like to nominate, but first I'm also going to mention NetNewsWire. NetNewsWire has a long history. You know, Brent Simmons wrote NetNewsWire. Um, it, you know, he went and worked at uh, at NewsGator for a while. Uh, the app got sold to Black Pixel. Um, and then I, I want to say... In 2018, the source code and the rights to the name were given back to Brent, and he decided to start NetNewsWire 5, I think, again, as a as an open source project. So open source, and he's managing the project, but people, other people can and are contributing. And uh, he wrote actually a really good blog post about how open source doesn't mean that they don't have standards and that you can just sort of do whatever. Like, he's running the show, and he is nobody... I would guess, other than maybe Dave Weiner, nobody has thought more for for longer about RSS and RSS apps than Brent. Like it is part of his soul, and um, that new Net Newswire app for the Mac that uh, that is now out. And yes, it's free. It's open source. It's really good. There are other RSS readers. It's not as full featured as some of the other RSS readers, like Reader, mm-hmm. that are out there. But it's really good. There's now an iOS version, too. And um, I think there's something to be said for uh, Brent's commitment to making great apps and great Mac apps, to NetNewsWire, to bringing it back, to building it in this new way of having it be an open source project that he's running instead of it being what it was before, which is a commercial app, essentially, traditional commercial app. So I think it's worth considering NetNewsWire strongly because although it's not new, it's also new. Um <laughs> completely new but old name old app but new app um new code i have two others that i'm going to mention one not as seriously and one more seriously that are catalyst apps a friend of the show james thompson wrote a a stupid brilliant (laughs) sorry i didn't mean stupid well i did but also i meant brilliant he stupidly wrote a brilliant app how about that aha because we played Dungeons and Dragons with him this year, and we're ask, we're saying why isn't there a dice app? And uh, J- James got that glint in his eye, um, like he used to about the About Box and PCalc, where he wrote a complete like multi level game. And Dice by PCalc was born, and it shipped, and it, it is a Catalyst app, so it works on the Mac. Even though he wrote it initially for iOS, it was his test of Catalyst. And it is a beautiful 3D rendered dice rolling app with things you can customize. And it, it is, is it inconsequential because it's just a dice rolling app? Yes. Is it really well done and shows you a longtime Mac developer trying to figure out how Catalyst um, works and how you can make it 
work better as a Mac app? Yes. It's So it's as silly as that app is. Uh, one, we were involved in its creation, which is great. And um, and I think it's a great example. So Dice by Peacock, I want to nominate. And more seriously, um, there's an app called Lookup, which is a dictionary app that is a Catalyst app. It was an iOS app before. Um, and it is one of the best implemented Catalyst apps. The, the, the developer has taken... Um, Squirkle apps, they have taken great care in trying to make it feel like uh, not just kind of an iOS app in a window, but have, uh, you know, menus and other behaviors that that feel very Mac-like. And it's, yes, it's just a dictionary app, but um, it's really well done. So those, those are sort of my nominees, I think. I want to just say that Dice by Peacock is a runner-up just because I, I, I want to do that. So okay. there we go. And so I guess for winner, looking at what we've got here, I think we'll go with Net Newswire, right? I think so. Because I think that's the right thing to do. I agree that we we shouldn't award drafts again in the newcomer category because no, that, it doesn't make that sense. That goes to the the heart of um our process, right? Yeah. Like the 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 whole um the integrity of the upgradies would be exactly. questioned if some app wins oh, best newcomer twice. Make any sense? So the runner-up for the best newcomer Mac app of 2019 is Dice by Pcalc, and the winner is Net Newswire Five. Congratulations to Brent and open source people, right? Uh, oh yeah, and contributors. Yeah, and contributors. Yes. Good point. Good point. Good point. So that concludes all of the app awards that we have, uh, and we're going to be moving into talking about media next but before we do i want to thank the first sponsor of the upgraders of 2019 and that is pdf pen from smile pdf pen is the 11 is the ultimate tool for editing pdfs on the mac pdf pen 11.2 lets you easily edit the content in table cells in a pdf you can change typeface font size and other text formatting with pdf pens font bar as well this is a wild application the things that you are able to do to pdf documents using pdf pen it blows my mind all the time you can add edit or remove images from your documents with pdf pen you can add headers footers and watermarks and pdf pen for mac supports catalina and pdf pen for ipad and iphone is ios 13 ready i use pdf pen on my ios devices constantly for signing contracts for making amends to them and such big big fan of this application you can learn more about pdf pen and pdf pen pro at smile software.com slash podcast if you do any work with pdfs you will need and use pdf pen trust me on that one go check it out for yourself right now at smilesoftware.com slash podcast our thanks to pdf pen for their support of this show relay fm and the 2019 upgrady awards so jason let's talk about the best game of the year the upgradians voted thusly with 4.9 percent of the award uh, winning was the uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch. At 9.4% is Pokemon Sword and Shield, and at 12.5% is Untitled Goose Game. Which makes a lot of sense, Untitled Goose Game. It's a very, very fun game, but also was published by Panic, who are well-revered in the Apple community. So I guess Untitled Goose Game was a surprise winner to me when I saw it, but the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense to me why the Upgradians voted this way. Now, as is typical with this category, best game typically means console, PC game, but Jason, Uh as a non-console PC game player, you will usually go in the iOS category, which is perfectly valid. Have you done so for 2019? 
Yes, I have. This is going to okay. give away my best iOS game nomination, but I'm going to I'm going to throw it in here. And it, this is what happens every year, Mike. It's a it's a great upgradees tradition. Mm-hmm. I nominate something that is not appropriate. You choose the winner, and we move on with our lives. <laughs> okay. What is your? Uh, you know what I'll say? Don't give too much at the moment. What is your uh, game of the year? I say. Much to my own surprise, it's What the Golf. Okay. Let's pause on What the Golf uh-huh. for a moment. Yeah, spoiler alert, it's it's also my iOS game. Whoa, crazy. My game of the year is Pokemon Sword and Shield. It is a game with a lot of controversy around it, which I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, but it is, I think, just a fantastic entrance into the series, uh, especially for the first ever home console version of Pokemon brings a lot of interesting developments to the series and I think is a great starting point for Pokemon going into the future as thought about as a different kind of game, which isn't necessarily going to be handheld first anymore as it has been for the last 20 years. So Pokemon Sword and Shield is my favorite game of the year. It was second in the Upgradians, so it's going to take the victory of Pokemon Sword and Shield um, which is good. I love it because Pokemon won last year as well with Pokemon Let's Go. So Pokemon Sword and Shield is the upgradey winner for 2019 uh, with Untitled Goose Game and What the Golf as the runners-up. Sounds fine to me. So, Jason, let's talk about our favorite iOS games of the Ooh. year. Oh, tell me more. Now, this is interesting to me because all of the Upgradians votes were Apple Arcade games. Sayonara Wild Hearts, 8.7%, 8.8% for Mini Motorways, and 15.9% for What the Golf. Oh, What the Golf. Well, the Upgradians, the, golf? Are, they're, the Upgradians are with me in loving What the Golf. What the Golf is, like, when they announced Apple Arcade and they said, oh, and there's this golf game, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, well, golf game, great. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> That's the bottom line is I... I don't care about golf games. I have played good golf games. Desert Golfing is good. Um, the whole um, Noodle Cake Super Stickman golf game is hilarious and good. Um, there are, th- what, three of them now. Uh, but, you know, it's it feels a little tired as a genre, and I've seen a lot of it, but that's the whole point of what the golf is, that it's essentially a satire of golf games and then very quickly becomes a satire of every other kind of game you can think of and part of the joy of playing it is realizing what this level wants you to do and how it's like some other game so there are, there are references to so many different games within what the golf um plus the um plus it's a fun game and it is incredibly rare for me to not just play a game through but then to try and go back and 100% it and i i failed but i did try i think i got to like 98% uh with what the golf it is hilarious and challenging and fun and dumb and funny. And uh, I, much to my surprise, when I expected that the, the Apple Arcade launch game that I would like the most was Mini Motorways, the sequel to, uh, to Mini Metro. In fact, it was What the Golf. So uh, I'm with the Upgradians in praising What the Golf. And I'm with everybody. It is the best right. uh, Apple Arcade game that I played this year, and the most of the iOS games that I played this year are Apple Arcade games. And I've enjoyed many, and we've spoken about them on the show. But What the Golf is the most surprising and most fun uh, of all of the titles that I've played so far. So 
we are in all complete agreement, which means no runners-up. The winner of the best iOS game of the year is What the Golf. What the Golf. What the Golf? What? The Golf. Favorite movie. Favorite yeah. movie. Now, this is a weird one this year. We'll get to it. So, Upgradians voted with 1.2% of the vote, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. At 1.4% of the vote, Knives Out. 6% of the vote, Avengers Endgame. So, a few interesting things that happened here. Uh, not uh, There was lots of options, no huge winner. Um, Star Wars did not rank very highly. I'm not surprised. It's an interesting thing where typically, like... You know, the Star Wars movies come out very close to the upgradies, but people still get the votes in and they loved so much usually that they will get up there. But this year that did not happen for, I think, some interesting reasons and things maybe we don't need to get into right now. Um, but that that's kind of where we are with the movies. I don't think that this year, like looking back at previous years, was as strong a year for movies as previous Upgrady award-winning years has been. You are someone who's much more plugged into this world. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I I didn't see that many movies this year. Um, and you could take that as an indictment of the movies that there was nothing out there. There were not a lot, a lot of things that prompted me to get out there. It's also an indictment of me for being a bad moviegoer. I don't go out and see movies that often. Um I just don't. There's logistics of like, do I want to go see? I can go see a movie whenever I want, but if it's a movie that I want to see, and you know, I probably want to see it with my family or mm-hmm. with my wife, and uh, and so then it's like, well, let's just wait until, and then we never have a time that we can do it. It would be much different if, like, literally, the rest of my family said we never want to see a movie. <laughs> I could be like, all right, well, I'm going to go see this movie, but that's not the case, and so it's this ironic kind of like. Uh, thing where i'm um i'm because i want to see it but i want to see it with my family i don't see it and maybe i see it later when it comes out this is pretty much my exact problem too i haven't seen like i've really wanted to see knives out and i've not been able to see it yeah we all agree that we should go see it and it just hasn't yep happened um that said i i'm going uh, we we tend to pick uh very uh big uh, crowd pleasing. This is not a serious movie review podcast award. Mm-mm. This is a uh, crowd pleasing nerd, usually movie award. And I actually, uh, in that context of the fact that we've picked Star Wars movies and Marvel movies in the past for this award, like exclusively, I'm actually going to pick Avengers Endgame and I'm going to do it because, and this is, if you read this as me taking a little bit of a shot at the new Star Wars movie, it is, I don't hate the new Star Wars movie. Um, there's a whole podcast where we talked about for two and a half hours. You can go listen to the incomparable. Um, but it, it has issues. <laughs> it has some serious issues. Mm-hmm. And if you enjoy it, great. And if you didn't enjoy it, I understand. Um, I'm kind of neither of those. Um, but this is not about Star Wars. My point here is endings are hard. Star Wars trying to do an ending is very hard because they're trying to wrap up, you know, all these movies over the course of decades and everybody's childhood and, and all of those things. That all said, Avengers Endgame has to wrap up the storylines of 20-plus Marvel movies, and although in some ways that was an easier task because of the space it it takes in our brains to something like Star Wars, um, I, I it, it's so easy to just kind of brush it off and be like, oh yeah, it's a Marvel movie and it made billions of dollars and whatever. It's like, no, Avengers Endgame actually really worked, and coming out of the 
the end of Infinity War, which was a cliffhanger, essentially, and also kind of a downer. They have to pick up the ball, and they have to get the band back together, and they have to tell a an emotionally fulfilling and exciting story that resolves the storyline of a lot of characters, and do it in, in this case, in three hours, which, you know, the fact was, it was an entertaining movie at three hours. Mm-hmm. I think it is worth recognizing Avengers Endgame for successfully landing, more or less, an enormous franchise movie in a way that was not soul crushing and was actually kind of emotionally fulfilling. I think yeah. it's a I think it's a real achievement, sort of the same kind of achievement the original Avengers movie was in feeling like a corporate cash grab that turned out to actually be a good movie, uh, despite like no possibility that that was the case. So I think it's worth as it recedes into the rear view a little bit, giving a nod to Avengers Endgame. Um, this is the kind of movie that we give these awards to and. Uh, and they nailed it. So my uh, my winner is Avengers Endgame 2. I think Avengers Endgame did a better job of being Star Wars than Star Wars did this year. It was faced with all of the same challenges that the Star Wars movie was faced with. Like, like all the things you've mentioned, right? Wrapping up a huge franchise with a ton of baggage and loose ends to tie up, or at least to try the best to tie up. And also to bounce back from a movie that wasn't as enjoyed by a lot of the fandom, because it was like a real downer, as you mentioned, right? And Avengers nailed it. Like The way I felt in that Avengers movie is how I should have felt watching Rise of Skywalker, and didn't. Like I cried for like three hours watching the Avengers movie. Like, I was crying constantly. Like, that film hit me. It made me realize that the Avengers movies, for me, are more like the way that you and some of our friends feel about Star Wars. Because I grew up with the Avengers movies, right? Like, for the time that they've been going on, I've been watching them all as they've been coming out. Like, I came to Star Wars as a kid, but afterwards, right? Like... My f- the first start time I saw Star Wars was when they released the special editions on VHS. Like, they were the first Star Wars movies that I saw. Right. Because that was when I could have seen them. When else would I, how else would I have seen them, right? So that time was machine. When it, time machine, that's a good point. There's no time travel in uh, Star Wars, actually. That's one place they haven't gone. <laughs> yeah. But let me just say, like, kind of like my overall, because I've spoken about it, I haven't had the chance to speak about this. I'm kind of pleased we didn't set a mic at the movies because my kind of feeling on on the the Star Wars movie this year was it kind of like okay, like it was a fine movie, but it did not give me what I was looking for in a like big conclusion. I kind of just like, like it washed over me a bit, right? Or it's just like that was a nice movie. But that's not what I want out of a Star Wars movie. Mm Because the last two succeeded for me more in being these big emotional, cathartic things. And I feel like this movie was just like two hours of fan service that didn't connect with me. But it was a fine movie. Like, I don't think it was bad, but it just didn't give me the kick that I wanted. But Avengers Endgame did. I love that yep. movie. Yep. Uh, so Avengers Endgame will win uh, the upgrade for this year. So again, so there. unanimous decision. Am I completely off base about Star Wars? I haven't listened to the Incomparable yet, so I'm excited to kind of hear what you have to say. No, you're 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 not. Although you know, we get 
uh, you know, complaints because people have opinions and uh, they disagree and then they're outraged that we don't agree with them. Well, and that's course. fine. I would say our take is a measured take too. Um, uh, some people really liked it. Some people didn't like it as much. I'm on the didn't like it as much side. I think it's, uh, uh, without, again, going too far into it, I think as a movie, it kind of doesn't work. Um, I think as a series of uh, checkboxes to finish a franchise, it does the job. But um, I I actually sat, one of the reasons that I appreciate Avengers Endgame more now is they took three hours and they gave it some space to have a lot of emotional weight mm-hmm. and a lot of character moments as well as um, the action stuff. And uh, the Star Wars movie um, is two hours and 20 or something and doesn't stop for those moments as much as it should. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this should have either been two movies or you know part one and two, or it should have been three hours long and done what Endgame did and it didn't do either and I think it's the worst for it. Mm-hmm. So some people but do some people hate it. Uh some people like it and uh I satisfying no one I, I'm sort of with you which yep. is hmm, yeah. I think you are allowed to hate this movie. You're allowed to love this movie. And that is awesome. You are. Like you do you your are. own thing. I just fell bang in the middle on it. Like Yep. The other, like That's, you're I, allowed to you're allowed to feel bang in the middle about. It. That's yeah. the thing is that people who hate it don't, don't often will don't think that anyone else is allowed to have a different opinion on it or to be in between on it. It's like you're allowed to be in between on it. it makes I total would also sense. say that for a lot of people that love it, they think you're not allowed to have another opinion on it either. Yes, think that is also hate. true. No, it's um, no, it's well, the people who are full of hate in their hearts are going to be more annoying about it than people who are full of love in their hearts. But yes, you're right. Extreme like, you opinions like, don't like non-extreme opinions. You either have like so it's like the Star Wars universe. You have the dark side and the light side, but yeah. you also have the regular people, and we're just the, regular people in the Star Wars universe. We're in the gray, the gray zone here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about TV, Mike. Oh, TV. Let's do this. I'm excited about this category because it's been a fantastic year for television. The Upgradians voted thusly in the television category at 8.4% for All Mankind, 12.1% Watchmen, and 14.2% The Mandalorian. Um, similarly to Disney+, Disney Plus, I can't talk about The Mandalorian. I don't want to talk about The Mandalorian because I okay. can't watch it until March. It's real good, and uh, I didn't put it on my top 10 list, but I might have revised it. And put it on after the last couple of episodes because I think it finished very, very strongly. Very excited to see that show, though. Uh, Jason, sure. do you want to tell me what your favorite television show of the year is? Like I don't already know. Yeah, number it was number one on my list. Uh, and while I really enjoyed The Mandalorian and I had For All Mankind in my top ten, and there's an episode of TV Talk Machine where I listed my top ten shows of the year and forgot The Magicians, which probably should have been on there. Um, number one's Watchmen on HBO, Damon Lindelof's uh, sequel to the classic comic book series by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons that was set in the 80s. This is set in the present day. Uh, Nine episodes uh, manages to do like individual episodes that are spectacular, an ongoing storyline that is very meaningful in terms of its themes. It has a point of view um, as the original did. It is actually very strongly political in certain ways as the original was. Um, It, it's structured similarly to the original as well. It's got sort of like a second storyline that's happening in parallel. It's got a big slam bang ending that is very sci-fi uh, after a sort of gritty noirish mystery beginning. Uh, the, I, I, you know, I see what you're doing there. Um, 
and it was just it's it's a spectacular magic trick i i i could never have imagined that it would have been as successful as it was when it was announced i thought what are they doing like present day and new characters and it's in oklahoma and what's going on no they nailed it it's amazing um will it have a second season nobody knows it may not it doesn't need one uh if they have a great idea to do another season of it great but um this one was perfect yeah i absolutely adore watchmen it's on my list. My list is large, uh, and I want to talk about all of the things on my list, and we'll come back to watch them in a minute. Uh, I discovered Terrace House in 2019, and I absolutely adore this television show. It is a Japanese reality show. It is heartwarming and fascinating and wonderful. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, Netflix revived the show. It was a Japanese television show um, that I think had been canceled, and Netflix brought it back, and it's now worldwide on on netflix not just in japan it's not like one of these shows that they uh bring you know like from from uh another network and like revive it they like completely revived it um and, and it's now a netflix original uh and i don't really know how to describe it it's unlike any other reality television show that you've seen before like it is pretty much romance based but i don't want to say it's like a dating reality show because it's more than that but it is a beautiful slice into the average life of a young person in Japan. It's a house where six people live together, but they can come and go. They don't, they're not locked into the house. There are no confessionals. They're just living their lives. The cameras are on pretty much all the time, but you don't get to see everything. There are not cameras everywhere in the house either. So they're able to have moments that occur in the show that are referenced by the characters, but you never get to see them, like conversations that may have happened, and that can add to some additional interesting drama through the show. And there is also my favorite thing. There is a kind of a group of observers, like presenters of the show, who are watching along and they take breaks three times during the episode for them to comment on what they have seen. It's a fascinating way of doing it. I absolutely love this TV show. If that at all seems interesting to you in any way, Go back and watch the first, commit yourself to like three episodes of the first season on Netflix, which is called Boys and Girls in the City. Just, it's all in Japanese with subtitles. You can get used to that. I got used to it. Uh, just give it a go. I absolutely love this show. Uh, my favorite show from Apple this year was For All Mankind. Yeah. It, that, that's the one that made my top 10 list too. Although I'm still going through the morning show and it's good. But um, uh, for all mankind, is the one that that uh, I think they did a really great job in their first season. And I'm looking I would forward say to whatever they do next. Both shows, and this, no, there are no spoilers here. But like both shows, both for all mankind and the morning show, are very good, and they both get rockets strapped to them, metaphorical ones at the end and, of the shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, literally in the case of for all mankind. Yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, and so I really, really loved the end of like I loved the way that the morning show ended. Uh, and I also, it's it can be difficult in places, but For All Mankind has a really fascinating and fantastic ending. It's a very dramatic TV yeah. show. Uh, dramatic in ways I wasn't expecting. I was expecting the morning show to be the high drama one, but I think For All Mankind succeeds in that. Uh, it's really, really well done. It is definitely Apple's crown jewel. Um, and I'm surprised isn't the show that was getting nominations. Like Golden Globes nominations seem to be all in the pocket of, uh, of uh, the morning show. Uh, but not not for all mankind. Uh, the Bon Appetit YouTube channel—it's just amazing. Okay, 
Uh, it is the, the, the food magazine Bon Appetit. They have a wonderful YouTube channel with two crowning achievement shows for me. Uh, a show called It's Alive and a show called Gourmet Makes. It's Alive uh, with Brad Leone is, if you were to say what is this show, it is a show about fermenting food. And fer- but like ignore that. It is hilarious. Brad Leone is just this wonderful bumbling human who just says and does hilarious things. The editing is fantastic. Just try it. It's wonderful. Gourmet Makes, hosted by Claire Saffitz. Uh, she is a pastry chef who takes a popular candy or food item and tries to recreate it in a gourmet way. These two shows are full of heart, full of just really just wholesome, wonderful content. Be- just, just They are both these two seasons, the entire channel is fantastic and has a lot more content on it. But these two shows are absolute powerhouses, like multiple millions of views per episode kind of powerhouses for things that can sometimes be 45 minutes. They have like, I've read, I've read a bunch of stuff about it and it's totally true. Like Bon Appetit are the success story of the pivot to video. Like Bon Appetit, the magazine, the pivot to video along with every other New York media company. And it mostly didn't work for a lot of companies. It 100% worked for Bon Appetit and has actually propelled the magazine to new places. So, wonderful. But my favorite television show of the year is Watchmen. I was expecting great things. I heard great things. It blew my mind. Just an unbelievable television show. Since you listed some some runners-up, I'll do the same. Um, The four other shows in my top five that I think are cut above the rest. Counterpart... um, on which is on stars and you can get it on itunes now uh but it's not available for on a streaming service which is a bummer i hope it comes to one sometime so people can see it uh chernobyl on hbo spectacularly good um sex education on netflix so great if the title puts you off if the premise puts you off give it give it a shot it's uh it's on our list it's incredibly good um uh, what I keep saying about it is it has empathy for every character in it, and that is uh, rare. And uh, what we do in the shadows, the vampire comedy on FX, it is hilarious. But Watchmen wins. Yay. Yeah, it's got to, right? The winner of this category is definitely Watchmen. Just really cool, superb, nicely done television show. So there we go. Shall we talk about, or oh, hmm, hmm, let's talk about, uh, what was the runner-up of the category? For All Mankind and The Mandalorian, does that work for you? Um, Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Favorite book. My this is favorite the category, category. That I get to pick, because Mike doesn't read books. I don't read books, but the Upgradians voted thusly. Tiamat's Wrath by James S.A. Corey with 2% of the vote. Permanent the Expanse record. series, yeah. That's uh, from The Expanse, yes. Thank you. Permanent Record by Edward Snowden, which I assume is a memoir, at uh, 4.2%. And by Relay FM host Dan Moran, The Bayern Agenda, with 6.8% mm. of the vote. It's the sequel to uh, Upgrady winner of uh, The Caledonian Gambit. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dan won in 2017. What I'm saying is if you're a novelist, you should get to know us. Yeah. You may win awards. Yeah, I had uh, I, I I sort of listed five here. Um, Tiamat's Wrath I put on that. That's actually a return to form for that series. I, I thought the last book was a little bit weird, but um, book eight of nine was very good. Um, the Bayern Agenda, of course, has to be on my short list. Um, uh, Becoming Superman by J. Michael Straczynski, which is a, a memoir. It is 
an amazing story about a terrible childhood that he had and to become a successful Hollywood uh, screenwriter after the life that he led as a child is amazing. Uh, The MVP machine, which is a a really great view into how um, modern sports science is changing in this case, baseball, but I think it's applicable to um, a lot of different sports and how sports is uh, really radically changing at a fundamental level now about how they treat the athletes and analyze them and train them. Uh, It was really an interesting book. And uh, another novel, The Cruel Stars by John Birmingham, which I could not have enjoyed more. It's a widescreen space opera with a bunch of different characters and a threat from the, you know, from the outside and ancient evil returns. And the only person who can stop it is a crusty old prospector, basically on a town on a planet. Uh, a lot of fun. I don't know what to do to pick, to pick a winner here. Um, the, uh, what did we pick last year? Last year was the calculating the calculating stars. stars. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my um, so with all of those as as uh, as nominees. Um, I think I'm gonna go. Well, should I should we give it to Dan again? If <laughs> is Dan gonna is Dan gonna expect it? Are we gonna have to put Dan in the Hall of Fame if we just pick his book every time? I'm just I'm gonna go with the best uh, discovery I made because I, I view this as kind of a here's a here's a book here's a novel you might enjoy award. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to choose uh, Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, mm. which is uh, book one. It was nominated for the Hugo and Nebula Awards. I really enjoyed it. Book one in a series that is starting, but it's a great standalone novel. Um, uh, called The series is called The Sixth World, but Trail of Lightning. Uh, that's the one. If you're looking for a novel to read, that's Jason's annual novel suggestion, Trail of Lightning. It is... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, except she's Navajo, and it's after a global warming-caused apocalypse that has made most of the modern world fall apart, but the Navajo nation is on the upswing. Uh, Unfortunately, the apocalypse seems to have also opened the gateway to the return of powerful beings from mythology. Mm. Um, But but it's about a a teenage girl who's a monster hunter and uh, doesn't love it, but it's her job and it's great. So the winner is trail of lightning with the nominee, of the Bayern agenda, the Bayern agenda. Yeah. The runner up, I should say Dan Morin, go, go buy it at bookstores. Now bookstores now. All right. This episode. Well, I should say this episode is also brought to you by Kensington. We're about to move into the hardware, some of the hardware picks, tech focused picks, we are out of the woods of, of media until we get to podcasting later on. That's its whole other section. But let's uh, take a moment to thank Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. It's super easy to use these products, and you get access to more ports to make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. Kensington devices are plug-and-play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K displays of HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available as well well. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, with rigorous test cycles and quality control, meaning that all of their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's pro 
Pro Concierge program out and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash upgrade right now to check out Kensington's line of products. That's kensington.com slash upgrade to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of this show, Relay FM, and the Upgrady Awards. And we move into Jason talking about the favorite Apple product of the year. Interesting one this year. Oh, yeah. So the Upgradians. A 14.7% of the vote went with the iPhone 11 Pro. At 17.1% of the vote, unsurprisingly, is the 16-inch MacBook Pro, with, of course, the non-butterfly keyboard. And at a huge 29... I, actually, you know, I, I'm wrong in what I said earlier. This is the single highest uh, percentage win, uh, bumping out overcast from the upgradients at nearly a third. 29%. 29.8%, in fact, of the vote for the favorite Apple product of the year is AirPods Pro. Jason, what was your favorite Apple product this year? Uh, AirPods Pro gets my <laughs> vote again. I'm I'm surprised, as I was with the original, like the people who make this product within Apple, they are killing it. They are doing a great mm-hmm. job. It is... I was skeptical in your headphones with noise canceling. How's that going to work? Um, and I've been using them since they came out, and they're great. And I I wouldn't want to go back to the original AirPods. And the, I loved the original AirPods, but I like these even more. Um, I think it's you know an easy choice. The MacBook Pro 16 is not really my cup of tea. It's great that they replaced the keyboard, but also they could have made... It's rectifying a mistake from three years ago after three years of it sitting out there. And the iPhones are all great. Um, they It's an, it's a nice cycle for them, but it's, it is it is an upgrade cycle. None of them is new. And uh, for me, uh, AirPods Pro is my choice for sure. But what did you want, Mike? Well, you're not going to get any argument from me about how incredible AirPods Pro are. But I'm actually putting the iPhone 11 Pro as my vote this year because I am genuinely surprised how much of an improvement this phone is in a couple of key areas. So these are the things that we've been talking about the whole time since the phone was first debuted. What makes this phone different? The camera improvements and the battery life. But just how much of an improvement they are for me, is so significantly more than previous years that they've made. I mean, these are the things they want to improve all the time, right? Camera performance and battery life. But they are so good. The camera and battery on this phone is so freaking good. Like, I just went away for the holidays, and I was able to use my phone like on travel days like getting on planes and like big heavy usage days i didn't charge my phone at all and this has never been the case before that i've been able to get through like a heavy usage travel day without needing to charge my phone like you know i can see it in screen time i'm talking like eight to nine plus hours of phone usage in a day without charging like that is bonkers good like, I am so, so happy with the performance of this phone. And I am just totally in love with the camera. Like, it is so good. Like, and having the choice of the three lenses, but then also just like all of the processing that Apple's doing on the chips. Like, I absolutely love the iPhone 11 Pro, like, way more than I would have expected. But I am not going to fight for it to be the winner over AirPods Pro because that is a superb product. Wise choice. 
So the runner-up for the favorite Apple product of the year is the iPhone 11 Pro, with the winner being the AirPods Pro. So now we move into the best non-Apple product. So the best product as used by Upgradians and me and Jason not made by Apple this year. The Upgradians voted at 2.2% for the bridge keyboard. We have uh, an entry here that I will mention but will not be included, which is at 2.3% is the Motorola Razr. Nobody's used this because it's not out yet. But it is a really cool looking thing. We'll talk about this at some point in the future probably. At 2.6%, is the Tesla Cybertruck, which kind of makes me a little bit upset, I think. Similar <laughs> reasons. Nobody's used it, but we'll keep moving on. And the Nintendo Switch Lite at 5.2% of the vote. This is the uh, new Nintendo Switch introduced this year, which is purely portable um, and is a smaller design, doesn't connect to a TV, that kind of thing. Jason, what is your favorite non-Apple product of the year? I kind of struggled with this one. It is um, a difficult category. Because, I mean, really, it's a non-Apple product. Who cares? About oh, it? Jason. <laughs> well, look I, look at what was nominated for by the Upgradians. I asked The you. Nintendo Switch Lite is a cool product. And yeah. the bridge keyboard is really cool. The two in the middle I'm a little bit frustrated about because nobody's used either of these things, but such is life. Um, so this time last year, I got a new product in my life that was not made by Apple. New piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. It has uh, it has proven over the year to be useful throughout my house, except for rooms that I don't let it go into. It is it's a product that that um, moves well. It doesn't move me. It literally moves itself. It is uh, on the it keeps its heart close to the ground because it's a vacuum cleaner. I nominate for best non Apple product my Roomba. Okay. Now, can I just confirm here? Are we nominating yes. your own personal Roomba or the Roomba line that you purchased? Let's let's say the we'll just say the Roomba in general. Roomba, uh, yeah, robot, yeah, robot vacuum cleaners because I have one and I have seen the light. I want to say Roomba. We're going with Roomba because we I, we are also in the Roomba family, so I don't want to give it to all robot vacuum cleaners because this okay. is like one of those holy war things where people tell yeah, you why you sure. should buy the Xiaomi one instead. So okay. I want to go completely with Roomba. Which I'm okay. totally happy with because I love my Roomba. His name's Robbie, and we love Roomba. Mm-hmm. Jason, shouldn't be a surprise to you or anybody else for my favorite non-Apple oh, product this don't year. Don't do it. Don't it do is it. the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Oh. Now I have more to say about the Galaxy Fold later on in this episode today. Uh-huh. Um, I have a well, very distinct yeah, worst, point that I need to make. Worst gadget is coming up, and tech screw up is coming up. So there's lots of good categories for the Galaxy Fold. You quiet your mouth. Uh, the <laughs> Samsung Galaxy Fold is a fantastic technology product. It for me feels like the future, whether people want it or not. It is such a fascinating thing to use. I I love it. It's it, People won't believe me when I say this, but it is an incredibly well-made thing. It feels significant. It is beautifully put together. I love my Galaxy Fold, and I think that it is a super exciting product, but I'm not going to bother explaining any more to people that don't want to listen. So I think we're going to go with uh, the runners-up being the Nintendo Switch Lite, the Samsung Galaxy Fold, and Roomba. Let's hear it for the Roomba. Good work, Roomba. And yeah, and now <laughs> what I want to do is I want to cut to the Roomba. Like, and now with the acceptance speech, here's the Roomba, and it just makes that <laughs> that whining noise that it makes. Oh no, it can make the little do 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 noise. You know, the, yeah, the, the good please noise. charge Roomba. Oh no, Roomba is stuck. 
Okay, <laughs> let's move into our next category, which is for worst gadget or most disappointing technology of 2019. 5.7% of the vote is iOS 13. 9% of the vote is Google Pixel 4. And I combined both the Samsung Galaxy Fold and foldables in general to 19% of the vote. Now, Jason, I would like to address something here because I am frustrated at this and I'm frustrated at the upgradings. Uh-oh. Are you turning the chair around? Are you having a serious talk with the yeah, upgradings Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've turned my, my hat's gone backwards and the chair's okay. gone around and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the chair. Right, you got to wrap with know. us a little bit. Okay. Now, look, this is the wrong category for this vote because these 19% of people, have they used these devices? Because I think to be disappointed or to some call something the worst gadget, you have to have had some kind of experience with it, in my opinion. And I genuinely believe that if you have used these devices, you would not say that they are incredibly disappointing. Now, if we want to talk about favorite tech screw-up for the Galaxy Fold, which we probably will, like I am open to have that discussion because there's something really interesting to talk about in there. But I won't accept the galaxy fold as the most disappointing technology this year i just won't accept it so that is the point that i'm making we can maybe come back to that in a little bit but i've now turned the chair back around again and jason do you want to tell me your nominations wow now the dad has forbidden yep the choice of the i haven't forbidden it dad has just he's just told you that he's unhappy okay um i have two nominees because this is worst gadget slash most disappointing tech. And mm-hmm. I'm going to nominate nominate one in each of those. Mm, okay. Worst gadget. Uh, and and uh, it doesn't make it better that there are now ads with the Muppets trying to get you to buy one. Facebook makes a thing you stick in your house that has a camera and a microphone so that you can talk to Who? other people Who's using buying? Facebook. It Who's is called it? Facebook Port Portal. I it is the worst it. gadget. Do not allow hardware from Facebook in your house. You already own a device that lets you do this. Yes. If you really want to talk to people, video chat, your Facebook phone. Messenger, just use the Facebook Messenger app. Like, yeah. what? What does anybody need this hardware device for? It's wild. And to come from the least trustworthy company mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. Facebook. Don't do it. Uh, so that's worst gadget. It might be, It might be. I don't know about the build quality. I don't know about the video quality. I don't care. It's the worst gadget. You should never buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, most disappointing tech, I'm going to say Mac Catalyst because uh, not necessarily entirely its own fault, although I think that we're all disappointed that it w- didn't seem to progress very much from what Steve Trouton Smith figured out about the one that was in Mojave didn't seem to progress a lot um didn't get helped by the rocky iOS 13 transition to mention one of the upgrading nominees that uh you know we have there are a lot fewer Mac Catalyst apps than we thought there would be I think part of that is because developers ended up spending a lot of time uh, fixing, addressing all the bugs in iOS 13 and then having to address new features in iOS 13 and Catalyst is sort of like out there. But I really thought that we would see a whole bunch of iOS apps embracing Catalyst and going to the Mac this fall. And while there were some, there were not that many. And I would say that is about as disappointing as uh, as you could get. My vote is for iOS 13 this year. It was a nightmare. It was just a nightmare disaster of an iOS release in new and interesting ways, right? Like 
the iPhone comes out with iOS 13 on it, but it's not really available for all the devices that should have iOS 13. And if you updated to it, some terrible things may have happened to you. So many features were pushed to later in the year and of what they shipped it was full of bugs and full of problems like ios 13 still we are at this point in the year where there are still features that have yet to be released that were shown off in june um it has been a very bad ios release uh i am yep and so like i'll say for the, the google pixel 4 is an interesting one for the worst gadget or most disappointing because it was a disappointing product like it did not ship with a lot of the features people would have wanted to see uh facebook portal which was a runner-up uh, in 2018 but yes. there have been new versions of it this year it Again, d- d- like, doesn't really matter it continues to be the worst gadget continues though. to be very bad <laughs> don't buy it as long as it's being sold don't buy it yeah we could like you know the the, the worst gadget award brought to you by facebook portal uh-huh. um we just so need I'm- a muppet I'm a little conflicted on this one, right? Because I, obviously, I believe iOS 13 to be very disappointing. But I will also say that Mac Catalyst is a really good nomination in this because it should have been so much more. And, you know, I I think the fault lies on Apple with this one, but I think they basically torpedoed it themselves with the announcement of Swift UI, which even makes it even more disappointing. Uh Uh, So where do you want to go with this one, Jason? Um... Well, I I just as we were getting here, I realized I should have Matt Catalyst in this list, and I got to say, as much as I enjoy kicking Facebook, um, and I agree that iOS 13 had problems, I feel like there is not a better you will not find a better example of a disappointment this year technologically than Matt Catalyst. So I think we should give it to Matt Catalyst. The runners up for the worst gadget on most disappointing technology of 2019 is two-time runner-up Facebook portal, iOS 13, and the winner of the most disappointing technology this year is Mac Catalyst. I think it makes it's a very good pick. And like you, I, I'm surprised I didn't think of it, but maybe that's the point, right? We didn't even think of it because Catalyst kind of whimpered its way through the year. Like it, yeah, it, it was set up to be big and then both in its implementation and in the fact that Apple took all of the attention and put it on Swift UI, um, thereby making us all wonder kind of like what the point is mm-hmm. of Mac Catalyst and if it's really something that factors in their uh in in their future plans. It's it's weird and disappointing. All right, so that comes to some the end of some disappointments. Uh, but we have some technology stories that we're going to be talking about in our next kind of round of categories. This episode is also brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud and get everything up and running in seconds with your own choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers that are all looked after by their incredible and friendly 24-7 support team. If you run into any issues of getting your server up and running or anything that you have issues with whilst you've got it going, you can just drop them an email, you can give them a call, or even chat over IRC in the Linux community. Whatever type of support serves you best, they will help you out with. They also have super awesome guides and support documentation as well. So if you just want to look up something yourself, 
you can. It doesn't matter whether you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode are the folk to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network support with outstanding customer service to back everything up. It is super easy to launch and maintain a Linode cloud server, and they want to support you every step of the way. Linode have pricing options to, su- to suit everybody. Their plans start at just $5 a month for a gigabyte of RAM, a virtual server, and they offer high memory plans as well that start with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And they have a special offer for listeners of this show. Go to linode.com slash upgrade and use the promo code upgrade2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash upgrade and the promo code upgrade2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Ready to move on, Jason? Yes. All right, so we now get into our favorite tech story of the year, and the Upgradians voted thusly. With 7.2% of the vote is the Cybertruck, and this includes not just its announcement, but also kind of some of the hilarious things that happened during its introduction. Made it a favorite tech story of many people. 7.4% of the vote was the introduction of the 16-inch MacBook Pro, and at 13.2% of the vote, a favorite tech story of the year amongst the Upgradians is the introduction of the Mac Pro, the Macintosh professional machine. Jason, what is your vote of the most uh, interesting of your favorite tech story this year? I'm getting a little uh, conceptual here, but um, I my favorite tech story of the year is the increase in mainstream understanding that privacy issues involving technology especially um the privacy uh, personalized information that leaks from your smartphone becoming uh it, that becoming a mainstream uh, mainstream understanding you saw presidential candidates talk about it there have been a bunch of stories in the mainstream press about trying to educate people on just how leaky a smartphone can be in terms of your location and being able to plot you and identify you uh, and your where you are on a map and what you do and tying it all together. Um, you know, the there's recently there was a New York Times opinion piece about it. There was a New York Times uh, investigation piece earlier. We've seen like with the GDPR stuff and with uh, the new laws that are coming into effect for California, a lot of ideas about like data, who owns the data and data privacy and all of that. This seems to be um unlike something like new net neutrality which basically kind of has always been this esoteric thing that people don't really understand and it's hard to explain um i feel like this is a tech issue that has um as has finally hit the mainstream to a certain extent and people are starting to wake up and hopefully be concerned about how their um how their data is being used and that's encouraging cuz if people don't care about it uh, nothing will ever happen, and it is a big issue. So I'm encouraged by that. So that for me, just a a broader understanding of all the privacy issues that are out there is my uh, story of the year. My story of the year is the uh, rise of foldable or dual screen phones. Oh boy, yeah, Galaxy Great. Fold, Motorola Razor, Surface Duo, and Neo. These are some of my favorite things to talk about this year. Uh, because I think that this is really cool technology. Um, and uh, I think that as the year has gone on, we've seen 
lots of unique ways of having stuff like this. I mean, this also comes into the fact that there has been controversy around these devices, right? Like, I really enjoyed the the Samsung Galaxy Folds all going kaput, like when to, when they were first shown out to reviewers. Like, I think it's been a really interesting trend of this year of watching how multiple companies have been approaching this, uh, including the Microsoft devices, the Duo and Neo, which I'm also really excited about. Like, that is a uh, just another way of doing this type of idea idea is slightly different right they're not foldables in that way they're dual screens but the idea of taking a device and doing something to it to give you more or less screen real estate i think is a really interesting thing that's happened this year so we have three very different uh options here. yeah so we have the mac pro understanding of privacy and uh foldable phones i i like your pick quite a lot um, I think that it is an important thing and it has definitely been something that's been building over the last couple of years, but again, is like, is, is becoming, it's like fever pitch type type stuff this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are getting it more, you're seeing it more, uh, and hopefully will be the beginning of people thinking about their privacy more. So I'm totally happy to give like the idea of mainstream, uh, privacy issues, the technology stuff is the 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 winner of this of this category do you do you agree yeah great thank you so yeah, the that, winner of the favorite yeah. tech story of 2019 is the understanding of technology privacy i think we'll call it that how does that okay. sound sounds great this is a big picture the, the, this winner is usually that right yes like it's usually something like that it should be a trend if not there's like some some yeah. like very specific thing which right. could have happened, right? So, like, last year's was uh, Apple spoiling the se- September um, bad URLs, but like, <laughs> which is great. But Amazing. the year before that was overreaching smartphones, like the yep. Essential Phone and the Red Hydrogen One, which history proved, proved you right on. Both of those phones are now dead because oh, it was, they just didn't work. They're, yeah, they're bad ideas. One of my favorite categories is the favorite tech screw-up. Uh-huh. of the year mm-hmm. uh 8.2 of upgradians votes is just the word facebook <laughs> well because they continue to screw up nothing yeah. specific last year last year's winner by the way facebook <laughs> yep uh the no actually last year's winner was the was air power wasn't it no, AirPower won the most disappointing tech worst gadget category. Ah, the yes. tech screw up was Facebook privacy scandals. Mm-hmm. So f- that was more specific last time. This year is just Facebook. Facebook. 8.2%. Uh-huh. 16.2% was when the window smashed during the Cybertruck uh, presentation, mm-hmm. uh, which was a terrible screw up. It's a and, classic but, moment. Yep. But the obvious winner of the upgrading's vote at 24.9% is the Samsung Galaxy Fold when all of the phones broke that were given out to uh, press reviewers. Yeah, so this is this is my nomination as well. So I'm I'm in line with the upgradings here. The press rollout, so now I, I, you have a Samsung Galaxy Fold. You nominated it uh, for Best Not Apple Product. I am going to be specific here because I haven't used it and say my favorite tech screw up of the year was the press rollout for the mm-hmm. Samsung Galaxy Fold where Samsung had a product that was brand new and all eyes are on them yep. and they, they, it was it was not ready. It was an absolute failure in a myriad of different ways. It, it seems to have not been properly tested mm-hmm. but instead just shipped to professional technology reviewers who immediately broke it 
for lots of reasons that are not uh, acceptable, like using it and it broke. And you have to ask yourself, why did they not test that? How did they fail to test it? And why would you send something you hadn't tested out to the press to the point where press is writing all the stories about how it breaks? They have to take it back. It gets pulled off sale. It's now it's no longer going to be sold. There's no date. They have to redesign parts of the phone and then put it back out there. And the phone that you've got is actually redesigned mm-hmm. from what the reviewers got because it wasn't ready. And uh, how do you do that? Just it, it is a spectacular screw up. And I don't know, you know, the combination, a truly unique combination of uh, arrogance and cluelessness that has to go into something like that happening. It was spectacular. Breathtaking. Yep. Breathtaking. It was purely because I think they, they were trying to rush to beat Huawei. But yeah. Samsung was so stupid in doing that because the Huawei phone has still yet to come out outside of China because it is plagued with so many more potentials to break because the screen folds on the outside. So it's way more likely to get damaged. Mountain fold? Is that right? That was the mountain mountain fold. fold? Yes. Congratulations, Jason. You remember. Not the valley fold. Not the valley fold. fold. Uh, I am going to say that my favorite technology screw up was air power because this was the year that air power was, was committed to being dead. Officially killed. And I just think that this was just stupid of apple like they just really messed this one up big time i think yeah. it was like just a, a they never should have announced it it and then they shouldn't have left it just be as being this like thing that would be referenced you know and then it's like people digging through ah oh, but it's referenced in this guide printed in this phone obviously they were holding out hope that they were going to be able to turn it around yep. until they finally killed it Mm-hmm. What they should have done was announced it and never spoke about it until they killed it. But not only did they announce it way too soon, they kept referencing it all over the place, thinking that it was definitely coming out. And then they had to like just say, oh, no, sorry. Not only do we not have this product, there's nothing like it. And buy this one from Mophie, I guess. But the best tech screw up this year is the Samsung Galaxy Fold press rollout. It was an absolute nightmare. Uh, so I am totally happy to give that like the, the the as the winner of the favorite tech screw up of the year is the Samsung Galaxy Fold. With the I'm going to say runner up of Air Power. All right, Jason, moving on uh-huh. yep. to our most life changing hardware purchase or that has entered our life this year. The Upgradians voted thusly. Seven point five percent is for AirPods. 11.5% is for the Apple Watch, and at 12.6% is for AirPods Pro. Pretty good. Yeah, I the, basically for this one, it was, you know, the, like Apple Watch people were voting like Series 4, Series 5. I just lumped them all in together. That's uh, right. I figured that made the most sense because I don't think really for you to have your life changed by an Apple Watch, it doesn't necessarily have to be one model or another, right? Like it is kind of just the idea of what this product can do for you. Um, but of course, we now have two AirPods in the, in the nominations here. Uh, what did you go for? I... Um... My my most life changing hardware of the year. I decided, um, not the Roomba. We already said we love the Roomba. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the Smart Lock, the Yale Assure Smart Lock that I installed earlier this year. Um, I was a real Smart Lock skeptic. Like seriously, like why would you get one? And yeah. then I got one um, for some very particular reasons, and it's great. It's not perfect. 
but um, by replacing the deadbolt with a smart lock, not only do I have a keypad that you can just enter in a code and come come and go, and it's perfectly reasonable, but um, you know it is uh, smart. So yeah, it can be tied into my home automation. Mostly, the feature that I use is not quite a HomeKit feature; it's a Bluetooth proximity feature where I'm walking up to my door, and it recognizes that um, my phone is back. It has been gone, and now it's back, and it unlocks the door. And uh, that's pretty cool when you've got, you know, your your arms are full of groceries and you walk up to the door and it automatically unlocks for you. That's really nice, too. So that has been a pleasant, uh, positive, life-changing experience. I am going to nominate the AirPods Pro in this because being able to control outside outside noise at my whim, right, when in environments where maybe I want to hear less noise, like on a plane... Being able to do that with something that's so small and just sits in my ears and is comfortable for me, uh, it's really made a huge difference on my life over the last few months, and I absolutely love this product for that reason. Well, it sounds like that's we've got our winner. Yeah, we will put Jason's smart, uh, smart lock uh, as the, the runner-up. Runner yeah, and I'm fine. going to call this, uh, we will officially call this Jason's smart lock because uh, the because I, I think it's fun to refer to, back to what is one of my favorite nominations, which in 2014, the winner of this category was just Jason's daughter's iPhone, which I think is, is just nice. hilarious, right? Like it was just like very specific. So we will call this Jason's smart lock as the runner up for most life changing hardware. But the AirPods Pro is the winner of this category because they are really just a fantastic, fantastic product. Um, so what about that jason the airpods pro has won two categories well that seems seems about right they are really great like they are really great but that might be the first time that's ever happened in the upgrades though that something has won two categories in the same year two separate categories it's kind of quite impressive all right we're going to move into the final round of, of winners which i think for a lot of people is like the favorite categories, which is the podcast-related categories. Favorite tech podcast, favorite non-tech podcast, and favorite podcast newcomer to round out the 2019 Upgradies Awards. But before we do that, let me thank our final sponsor of this episode, and that is Ethos. I'm sure you're the type of person that likes to plan ahead. You have your savings, you contribute to your 401k, you're thinking about your future. But if you haven't already, you should also be thinking about life insurance. You may have been putting this off because it's complex. It's something you don't want to think about. Maybe it's a time-consuming thing. But with Ethos, you have a faster, easier, and more affordable way to get life insurance that makes sure that your family's taken care of and the people that you care about is taken care of, even if you're not around. They're committed to finding the best plan that is available for you and fits your budget or from the comfort of your computer, tablet, or phone, and you can apply in just less than 10 minutes. All you have to do is answer a few questions about things like your health, age, and income to get an instant estimate, then it takes just a few minutes to finish your application. Everyone is different, but a healthy 35-year-old can get a million dollars of coverage for just $50 a month. So with Ethos, you can rest easy knowing you'll everything taken care of and confusing terms and piles of paperwork are not included. Listeners of this show can get started by going to ethoslife.com upgrade and clicking on check my price. Once again, get a, f- a fully personalized quote by going to ethoslife, E-T-H-O-S-L-I-F-E.com upgrade. One last time to make sure that you visit ethoslife.com upgrade so they will know that we sent you our thanks to ethos for their support of this show relay fm and the upgrades awards 
Are you ready, Jason, to get into our final set here? Uh, how can one ever be ready, truly? By having your picks in advance, which we all did. So the upgrade oh, okay, right. for the Good favorite point. tech podcast of the year voted thusly, with 9.9% of the vote, the talk show with John Gruber. 15.4% of the vote is this very show, Upgrade. I still maintain that, of course, everybody, every Upgradian would vote for Upgrade, but they may be, well, they know we wouldn't give the Upgradian award to ourselves. I hope so. Otherwise, it's really sad that uh, our listeners don't pick us. But it would be 100% of the vote, Jason. I'm sure of it. And okay. with 23.4% of the vote, last year's winner, Connected, which is a show that I do here on Relay FM. And we should note at this point, of course, the Accidental Tech Podcast is the Lifetime Achievement Award winner of this category. I do not have a vote in this category for two reasons. One, ATP is my favorite tech show, and all of the other tech shows that I listen to are on Relay FM, and I don't feel right nominating a Relay FM show. It just doesn't feel fair, uh, so I don't do it. Jason, do you have any nominations this year? I do. Um, I am going to nominate two shows that are... Um, one of them is tech, one of them is arguably tech, and I'm going to try to sneak it in. So first off, on Relay FM, Automators... Um, which is a nice show with uh, Rosemary and David about uh, automating things on computers. I like it. It's I on like relay. it a lot too. Have you heard it's about a it? Very dis- like it's a very specific focus yeah. in a show, but is executed well. They have loads of like additional material that they publish with every episode as well to help make it uh-huh. easy for you to adopt the automations that they're talking about. It's really well made. It's a great show on Relay FM. Yeah. And um, from the BBC, maybe you've heard of it. It's 13 Minutes to the Moon, which was their uh, documentary series about uh, Apollo 11 and um, focusing, because this was the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 for the the moon landing. And uh, it focused on uh, the 13 minutes of powered descent uh, from orbit to the lunar surface. That was the concept, which as somebody who has a space podcast and tried to figure out how to cover Apollo 11, I was very impressed with the angle that they came up with here. And this is why I actually call it a technology podcast, because so much of what's going on in that 13 minutes, it's uh, you know amazing from a human perspective, who's in the room, uh, how they got there, what their history is, how young so many of them are. But for me, um, it's also a technology podcast because it really is about how that that thing was put together, how um, information got relayed, how the, the computer worked, which is if you've ever uh, read or heard anything about the Apollo computer, it's bananas how that thing is was made and how it worked and what the interface was. Um, and there's, uh, in fact, a whole episode, I believe about the Apollo guidance computer. That's a fantastic episode. So those are my, uh, those are my nominees, 13 minutes to the moon and automators. So what do we do with this whole category here? I don't know. I mean, I, I've given you a non relay, uh, out, slightly out of our, uh, out of our category. Well, so here's uh, the thing, Jason. Here. I won't vote for a Relay FM show, but I would also love a Relay FM show to win, especially uh-huh. one that I'm on. Just saying, but I'm not going to be the person to to commit to put, that victory. To put it over the top, mm-hmm. uh, boy, if we chose Connected, it wouldn't be the lifetime winner, would it? No. Um, so you know, but it would be two the, years in a row. The um, well, I 
I, I'm serious. I think the BBC podcast was fantastic. <laughs> if you think that that's a reasonable tech podcast, uh, or if I'm I'm uh, messing that up, you tell me. I think we have it's not specified technology. what a tech podcast is. That's but true. I think that when we talk about what we mean by tech podcast, I think we all mean this type of show that uh-huh. me and you are doing right now. Right? Like, I think when that's the kind of thing we're thinking about. I haven't listened to 13 Minutes to the Moon, but I expect it is not like our show. It is, it is not like our show. Like, a couple of individuals talking about something Definitely to do with not. technology. And... I consider myself a purist in what I think a technology podcast to be and would feel strange not giving it to one of the other four shows mentioned here. All right. And while Zach mentions that Welcome to Macintosh is not a show like ours, which I agree Mm -hmm. with, but focuses on things so specific to the stuff that we talk about, I feel like it's maybe the furthest we would take that step outside, right? Like, still talking about Macintosh computers, still has people like Jason Snell on episodes, right? Like, feels like it is a stretch outside, where 13 Minutes to the Moon is, could be argued maybe is like a history technology podcast, oh. which is maybe a slightly different thing, would maybe fit really well in... It is def... Okay, so like, basically, I feel like we're at a point here where we're kind of like, maybe as is usual on this show, potentially redefining what we think of in the category. But I feel like the, the previous winners in this category fit a type of show that we make. Right, but if we go on long enough with those definitions, then we're just going to very slowly induct every show from Relay or by people exactly. we know into the Hall of Fame. Exactly, which is why I'm saying like we can... I, I'm just saying like when I approach this category, that's what I'm thinking of, but it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. But then we know that we're opening it up a little bit more, Yeah, which is also I would fine. Be, I would be okay opening it up a little bit more. Then let's do it. Okay. 13 Minutes to the Moon is the yeah. winner of the Congratulations to that, that gritty, up-and-coming Oh, uh, don't, because you're going to make a change on mind if you finish that sentence, because you know I don't, I'm, like, that's making it worse for me, to be like, oh, what's the best podca- tech podcast of the year? It was the BBC. I'm changing my mind on this one, because this kind of thing annoys me. <laughs> Actually, do you know what, Jason? We're, we're tearing up the book, because I have a problem with this now. We have now, like, the, as I finish that sentence, because we're, like, approaching the end of the decade, right? So all these articles are being written and Uh people are talking about like what's the best technology podcast of the year and like the most probably some of the most popular technology podcasts are ignored because they're Mm. not made by a big company potentially based in new york city Uh uh-huh or, or is the BBC based in New York City? I had no idea. I am being very specific so, about what so, I'm talking a, about here. Anyway, congratulations to the automators. <laughs> We're going to give it to automators. And 13 Minutes to the Moon is a great runner-up, but I cannot do it. I can't bring myself to do it because I am a purist. Uh, connected will take the other running-up position. So automators, congratulations. You are the favorite tech podcast of the year. Whew. Mm. Do you get where I'm coming from with that, though? I do. Okay. Let's talk about our favorite non-tech podcast of the year. The Upgradians voted as such. With 3.4% of the vote, it's Reconcilable Differences. With 7% of the vote, is Hello Internet. 
and 18.1% of the vote goes to Dubai Friday. What have you got, Jason? Dubai Friday, by the way, last year's winner in this category. I sound like one of those one of those people who talks while the people are coming up up to the stage on the Oscars. That's what mm-hmm. that sounded like to me. Dubai Friday is a previous nominee in this category. Yep. The Flophouse is the, is a lifetime achievement winner. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I know how you don't like the optics of awarding podcasts made by giant media entities, and that's why. Um, my favorite non-tech <laughs> podcast of the year was HBO's Chernobyl podcast. I don't care about that in general. It's purely <laughs> tech podcast. We're talking about favorite non-tech podcast. Last year, the good was it? No, the Good Place podcast was a runner-up, right? In last yeah, year, and it was, and it was the newcomer. Award. It was the newcomer winner. It's but yes, newcomer award winner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I, uh, I I don't think it's going to win, but it, it was probably my favorite new favorite non-tech podcast this year i for those who haven't so it was on my list chernobyl one of my top shows of the year as a mini series um and the chernobyl podcast was peter sagel from npr talking to craig mazin who's the uh, co-host of the script notes podcast with john august so you may have known, known him from that he wrote chernobyl all of it uh, was the executive producer of it and they went through episode by episode and talked about sort of the process and what, what went into making it and what went into writing it. And, and it was like the Good Place podcast. It was um, a really interesting drill down. It was not a marketing vehicle. And I really appreciate that. And it was that's a kind of show with the the trying to depict a historical event that getting the understanding of why it was made the way it was is uh it was really rewarding so i thought they they did a great job with that one didn't see the show didn't listen to the podcast so i don't really have anything to say on this one that's okay because you're gonna agree with the upgradians aren't you well i am because yeah dubai friday like it's my favorite show so i i love dubai friday it's hilarious and i learn things about american politics from it so uh, i really enjoy it it's very well made and they do a lot of things to dubai friday i get a similar feeling about stick with me on this one about dubai friday as i get about our show because one of the things i love okay. about dubai friday you have to stick with me on this one of the things i love about dubai friday is they are very creative in the is production this a, of Is this the show. a backdoor way of announcing that our co-host for 2020 is Alexandra Elizabeth Cox? No. Because that would be a surprise to me. It would be a surprise to everyone. Love Alex, but this is our show. Uh, but, okay, like, but what I love about Dubai Friday is they very frequently go outside of what you expect them to do and do something weird and fun. And I think we do that a lot, right? So, like, I think one of the reasons I love Dubai Friday is because it is a show that is very creative and they take lots of twists and turns when making the show. And I think we do that like the last two episodes of the year, right? Like, and the the entire summer and the drafts, right? Like I think we do lots of weird and wonderful creative things, which is why I love this show. And it's one of the things I love about Dubai Friday as well. So upgrade is the winner of favorite non-tech. No, (laughs) no, no, that's not what I'm saying. So, I have no skin in the game when it comes to the Chernobyl podcast. Um, yeah. No, Dubai Friday is uh, it's going to be a two-time winner. And two-time that's, winner. Uh, that's exciting because it's on the verge of being kicked out of the category for being too good. It might not be a bad thing to try and get it kicked out because the Dubai Friday audience mobilize. Uh, I had to like kick them into gear a little bit, Jason. This is some of the stuff that we maybe don't know about. Do you want to hear some, some salacious information about the yes, I do. this year? I do. 
the Dubai Friday Discord is a thing that exists for patrons, mm-hmm. and they mobilize to vote for Dubai Friday. And I had to come in and 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 establish some rules with the Dubai Friday audience because <laughs> I thought you were going to say Dubai Fridayans, and that was going to be great. That the, would be a great word. The, the Dubai Fridayans, and I had to go in and basically say to them that they needed to uh, effectively they voted for Dubai Friday in every category. Ah, which I wasn't happy with because doesn't make any sense and causes more work for me because I have to remove the votes, right? Yes. When going through. So I had to go in there and say, okay, Dubai Fridayans, feel free to vote for <laughs> Dubai Friday in, as the favorite non-tech podcast, but either just vote that or vote in every category as well. Are they listening to me? I removed the incorrect votes and they started over and they did their thing and then they, they made correct voting for Dubai Friday, so... I love this show. The audience are very, uh, they're very engaged in the upgradies uh, because they want their favorite show to win, which I can, I can definitely attest to. And I'm pleased that they listen to me. So that we are now. So if we I didn't already say, the Chernobyl podcast is the runner up and Dubai Friday is the winner of the favorite non-tech podcast of the year, making it two time winner. Uh, in this category, but Jason, a three-time winner overall as one of the favorite podcast newcomer in mm-hmm. 2016. So, may make it... Dubai Friday might end up with like the most wins of any property if it wins next year, because it will have four total awards and th- and will become Lifetime Achievement. Now, wouldn't that be an interesting factoid? So, do wow. Dubai Fridayans know what they need to do, I guess? I guess so. Final category of the evening is for the favorite podcast newcomer. The Upgradians voted as as such with 6.5% is Adapt from Relay FM. 9.9% is Waveform, which is the MKBHD podcast. And 17.7% is the podcast Two-Headed Girl hosted by Alex and Matt Cox. You may understand what happened here as one of the reasons that this mm-hmm. show is uh, 17.7%, you know? We can talk about that. Jason, would you like to tell me what your favorite podcast newcomer of the year is? Well, everybody can just listen to what I said uh, in the previous category because my favorite podcast newcomer was the Chernobyl podcast, which Okey-dokey. only existed uh, in 2019. So my, uh, I have two that I want to talk about, and they are the top two winners for the uh, from the Upgradians. So Waveform is MKBHD's new tech show. Uh, I think the show is still finding its place a little bit, which is why I didn't vote for it as my favorite tech podcast, because it, it isn't yet. But it's one of my favorite shows that came out in the last year. I enjoy every episode, but they had a bit of a rocky start uh, from kind of... They they had some tech sh- issues, like, funnily enough. They had just some, like, audio issues, and they were kind of, like, the, the hosts. So it's MKBHD, so Marquez Brownlee, and uh, Guy Watsum, Andrew Magnanelli, who... It's like helps him with a bunch of like I think he's like like basically his right hand man in his production of YouTube videos. Uh, it has a really good mixture of tech topics. They focus on a lot of stuff that like that are not focused on on the other shows that I listen to because they're not solely Apple focused. But they also talk about technology in many other areas, and and I really like it. It branches out into some interesting places. I've listened to every episode. I've enjoyed every episode. It is one of my favorite new shows of this year. The other show that I really enjoy is Two-Headed Girl, uh, which is the show which is voted for by the Upgradians. So this is a show in which Alex and Matt Cox talk about a bunch of issues, but is centered around gender transition um, from 
the what is called FTM, female to male gender transition, which Matt Cox has been going through over the last couple of years. It is a very well produced show using they have been re- recording for this show for like two years, but it started this year. So they have like all of these recordings that they've done over time, which is amazing, especially in this one episode where they're talking about testosterone and how it can change your voice. And they have clips of Matt's voice over the years and how it's changed, which is just Uh a beautiful, like, use of the medium. Um, The theme of this show, the the whole reason for this show existing, and it also touches on other areas like mental health, but it's mostly focused around uh, gender. It is important to me because I, as a person, want to better understand some of the struggles that people in the LGBTQ community go through. So I am able to be a person who can better empathize and not be stuck in the past. And this show helps me with that. Like, this is something which is becoming more and more important today for good reason. And I want to make sure that I can do my best to understand it. And this show helps me with that. And it's also very funny and heartwarming because it can be really interesting to hear a married couple be tough on each other kind of fight and also be cute together it is a really sometimes challenging but sometimes heartwarming show which is helping me learn something and i think make me a better person which is why it also gets a nomination from me jason sounds good well it's you and the upgradians slash dubai fridayans so that sounds like our winner so, Two-Headed Girl is the winner of the 2019 Favorite Podcast Newcomer with the Chernobyl podcast always being the bridesmaid. Uh, again, That's fine. In two back-to-back. Uh, this uh, makes Alex Cox a formidable uh, upgradian, uh, uh, upgradey winner here for... Upgradey-er? Upgradey-est? This is interesting, know. right? Like, So, Alex has taken home now four awards in total. So I guess Alex is coming for Marco, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess Marco has six total, right? With three ATP, three yeah. overcast. And now Alex has four total for two-headed girl, two for do du- and three total for do by Friday, but in different categories. So many statistics. In the I know. And the upgrade awards. But that's what happens when you uh have been doing something for six years. That's right. That's right. That's why you were so excited with the first annual. Mm-hmm. Because it kept also, going. Shout out to um, our our departed categories. Uh, we yep. retired favorite Mike at the movies. Because mm-hmm. we only did uh, one this year. So uh-huh. it didn't make any sense to do and, uh And I, I'm always amused that our first year we did a best vertical category. Because, well, because that, was, that a, was the thing, right? That was a joke that we made in the first 40 episodes of the show was the mm-hmm. verticals. But the verticals became segments, and now we're, they are like yeah. real things. Yeah, I know, uh, right? So anyway, congratulations to Ahoy Telephone, the one and only winner of Best Vertical. <laughs> what was your best holiday gift this year? <laughs> oh no, you're putting me on the spot. I uh, <laughs> Socks? Okay, I got a really nice <laughs> chef's knife. Uh, oh, that's so. nice. Yeah. Well, the reason we 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 removed the best holiday gift is because the the recording time kept changing. Like, so sometimes we recorded it before the holidays. So it's yeah, like, how can we award this? So great. Yeah. So I also want to give a, a thanks and shout out to Zach Knox, who puts together Upgradies dot com, which is where you can go and find uh, Zach. Also, you may be familiar with all the interactive scorecards for the drafts that we do every year. 
so you can go. I should also congratulate Jason Snell for winning the draft uh, competition again. Oh, thank you. Yes. We're officially done now. The board is cleared. There can be no more drafts. That's right. So good work on winning yet again. One year, Jason, I'm going to take that home. We're going to keep doing Upgrade until I win. Uh, That doesn't mean the show will end, but I'm going to keep making you do it. Oh, man. No so if you ever want to retire, winning. you have to throw the draft. Oh, no. Well, that's, that's when I lose the draft, you'll know something's up. Then, then I need to be the one who worries. Uh, so thanks so much to listening. Uh, happy New Year to you all out there as we're ending uh, the Upgradies with the end of this year into going into 2020. Thanks so much to the Upgradians for listening to this show throughout yes. the entire year um, and also for submitting their votes. There's so many of you uh, submitted your votes this year, which is an amazing thing. Congratulations to all of our winners of the sixth annual Upgrady Awards. And we'll be back next time in 2020. I have so many things that I need to talk to you about in the next episode, I Jason. I know, I know. Because I we know. have not recorded a regular episode in what feels like a very, very long time at this point. Uh, so, and thanks again to our sponsors as well, Smile, Kensington, Ethos, and Linode. Uh, again, if you want to find uh, links to the nominees and winners of every category, go to Upgradies.com. But we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>